Justin Herbert is out for the season. What does it mean for the Chargers? What does it mean for Brandon Staley? Plus, there's a lot of parody in the NFL. We'll dive into that and our Week 15 Power Rankings. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome into a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. I'm James Rapine, joined by Lauren Cox and no Chris Carter this week. Lauren filling in. We, he's been pinch hitting for us on Wednesdays, it seems like, for the past month for either Chris or myself. So shout out to Lauren in advance for that. Thank you so much for making us your first listen here on Locked On NFL. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is a one-stop shop for all things sports wagering, and you can make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get a $150 in, in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And one team that hasn't won much this year is the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers come into, it seems like, every season with high expectations, lofty expectations, and well, this year they've fallen flatter than than most years because Justin Herbert is out for the season, will undergo surgery on his index finger and, and be out for the rest of the year. Not shocked by this after he went down on Sunday, Lauren, that, that this is the news. It felt like it could go in this direction, but uh, really, really unfortunate news for one of the better young quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, you, you only start to scratch the surface of like the ripple effects that has throughout that organization and, and throughout the team, but... Yeah. I mean, right away, we all just lose because it's so fun to watch Justin Herbert play. Like, even in a struggling Los Angeles Chargers season where they've kind of always underachieved in recent years with, with Herbert, like, I don't think you find too many people that are blaming Herbert in that equation. Even, even when they're not winning, like, he's still lighting it up. He's still throwing downfield and having a great time. But but also, like, the fact that he's still playing well and fun to watch and they're not winning really uh, tells you what we're in store for with perhaps uh, no offense to Easton stick, but a big drop off at the quarterback position. Well, everything else is not doing great around the quarterback spot. Like that's going to be uh, pretty disastrous from here. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's such a tough situation because you look at that Chargers roster and you just assume that they would be one of the, the six, seven and six AFC teams. If I would have told you that coming into the year, Oh yeah, they will be in the mix. Not not win the division, not push the Chiefs, but they'll be in the mix, and they're they're just not at five and eight right now. And I, I think the conversation instantly one get well soon, Justin. Hopefully you're all right and doing Justin Herbert things next season. But it instantly points to Brandon Staley, who was on the hottest of hot seats. I would have moved on last off season if if I was ownership. I didn't get the the fall guy and bringing in a new offensive coordinator. And I know Brandon's going down with the ship and calling the defense. And he, he went on a rant a few weeks ago in a press conference about that. But let's be honest here. I, I don't really see a path for Brandon Staley to be the Chargers head coach. They probably get the end of the year, I guess, with the Herbert injury. But I, I don't think he's going to be the head coach next season. Yeah, I understood. Like, well, well, as long as Justin Herbert was healthy, right? It was like, okay, well, maybe he's good enough to will this team to some extra victories and you can always turn it like when you have the quarterback you always feel like it's possible to turn things around just like with you know Mahomes and the Chiefs where no matter how far you're losing on the scoreboard you always feel like one way or another you're still in it until you're no longer actually in it and so 
while you had Herbert, okay, maybe there's a chance things can somehow still turn around here. But especially now, with four games left of, of Easton Stick, it's just uh, there's no there's no there's no chance for much to really turn around at this point to save Brandon Staley's job. I, I mean, it'd be it, it feels like weird like weird to just say now was the time to fire him when you know there's been plenty of good reasons behind, but up to now, but like. Now there's really not much for him to stick around for. And I think if, if it wasn't a Thursday night game they had this week, it might have been an easier time to make the transition. It's hard to fire a head coach and then say, all right, two two days from now, go go play. Yeah, that's true. That would be that would be tough. Uh, against a Raiders team that's already fired their head coach going through some struggles of their own. So the, the remaining schedule for the Chargers, they have the Raiders, like we mentioned, on Thursday night, which, gosh, can Thursday night be better? It just feels like most Thursday night games have been rough. Uh, then it's Bills Chargers. What a gift for the Bills as another, they try to battle for the playoffs. Another primetime game, a Saturday night game is what that schedule is for. So oh, it is night. Saturday night. Oh, my gosh. And then a, a CBS primetime window. And maybe they'll flex this out at least. Chargers Broncos 425 on Christmas Eve or on New Year's Eve, excuse me. And then uh, they, they wrap up things with the Chiefs. So maybe one win in there. I mean, the Broncos, Bills, and, and Chiefs all have a ton to play for, probably will have a lot to play for. The Raiders don't, but they're probably motivated. So maybe you beat the Raiders on Thursday, but I don't see many more wins. So if you finish 6-11, and 11, your quarterback's hurt. The offense hasn't uh, lived up to expectations. The defense certainly hasn't for most of the year. Uh, it's hard to make the case for Brandon Staley. And, and so I don't want to get into who the, the Chargers should target coach-wise. But I, I do. I would be shocked if they move on from Staley if they don't bring in one of these offensive minds around Herbert. So I, I think you could see a lot of turnover there in, in Charger land. It sure would have been nice to give Kellen Moore of a four, five, six game interim head coach gig there, just to kind of see, like, okay, good point. Yeah. He, he was brought in to kind of elevate Justin Herbert, and obviously that hasn't happened. And it's easy to just like you know, blame Brandon Staley as somehow holding the offense down. I don't, I'm not, not you know, intimately in knowledge of, of the relationship between OC and head coach in, in their coaching staff cycle. But like, obviously it's Kellen Moore's offense and it's Brandon Staley's defense. Like at the end of the day, I think we are all disappointed by what Kellen Moore has been able to do on that offense. But he was a guy who not long ago was interviewing for head coaching jobs and was one of the sort of hot young candidates that we all felt like was maybe a year or two away from being that head coach as the Cowboys offensive coordinator. It was supposed to be a steal for the Chargers to get him. All the Cowboys were idiots for firing Kellen Moore and Chargers were geniuses for getting Kellen Moore to lead their offense. And it hasn't made that sort of leap forward. And, and there's ironically parallels there to when Brandon Staley was hired for the Chargers. Everybody wanted Brandon Staley to be hired as their head coach. Oh, he's going to fix their defense and finally, you know, build around the quarterback, give them a good defense and kind of, you know, lift the Chargers out of their curse. And like expectations coming to LA with this team for whatever reason, just never really are met up to that standard. And it's a tough situation. Now you look at that AFC West and Sean Payton, say what you want about him. But he's got the Broncos going in the right direction. We know Andy Reid is arguably the best coach in football, certainly in that division. So even if you get get it right at head coach, and you very well could, you might have the third best head coach in your own division, which is tough. Even with Justin Herbert, it's a, a tough spot to be in. So we'll see if the Chargers can rebound what they do. We'll unfortunately have to view, watch them on Thursday night football. We'll obviously have you covered here on Locked On NFL. But up next a topic that Lauren wanted to hit on. And I think it's a really, really good one because when you look across the league, there is a lot of parody and teams like the teams Lauren and I cover daily that 
could have went in one direction or went in another direction. It may be stuck in the middle. We will get to that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and you got to get to FanDuel today because FanDuel is going to give you a $150 in bonus bets right now with any winning $5 money line bet. So maybe you think the Raiders are going to bounce back. Their offense is going to bounce back on Thursday night and just crush the Chargers who are going to be without Justin Herbert. Well, you could place $5 in FanDuel, and if the Raiders win, that money line bet for you, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets back. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all the action. Now we have Saturday games. Obviously, we have Thursday and Monday games, Sunday games. The NFL is taking over during this holiday season. So get to FanDuel now and get in on the action. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. And sign up by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Lauren, let's dive into this parody topic. And I, I think it's interesting. I mentioned the, the six AFC teams that are seven and six. And I'll just start with the, the team I cover. They entered the one o'clock window on Sunday as the 10 seed in the AFC. They won their game and they were the sixth seed. And then by the end of the four o'clock window, so 7.30-ish p.m. Eastern time, they were the 10 seed again. It is wonky. <laughs> it is wild. It, and they won, by the way. So it is... Uh, crazy, and I'm sure you, you feel the same way about the, the situation in the NFC. It is a, a really unique spot for the NFL that I'm not sure we've seen in recent years. It's fascinating, too, that the two conferences both have parity, but like the NFC, everyone is bad, and we're trying to figure out who's the yes. best of the worst. And in the yes. AFC, everyone is decent, and we're trying to figure out like who is the worst of the best. Like There's a bunch of above 500 teams in the AFC that are all trying to get out of each other's way to get into the playoffs. And in the NFC, there's a bunch of below 500 teams that are all tripping over each other to fall forward across the finish line into the playoffs. And all of a sudden, you know, the five and eight Chicago Bears and the five and eight New York Giants are two of the hottest teams in the NFC on winning streaks. Well, as whereas <laughs> like a lot of the other teams at the top of their their respective divisions, you know, the Lions are losing games. The Eagles have lost two in a row. Like some of these other teams are falling all over themselves and falling backwards. The Packers were in a, were in a wild card driver's seat. They've fallen over. The, I mean, it's it's just a weird messy spot and then the thing that blows my mind the most is that the five and eight chicago bears as we sit today hold the fifth their their current draft pick for themselves is the fifth overall pick in the draft they have the fifth worst record based on tiebreakers in the nfl and yet they're a game behind the green bay packers for the last wild card spot in the nfc like there's a there's a very real path the bears need to win out and need other teams to lose but there's a path for the bears to, to go from the, the fifth overall pick in this draft to the playoffs over the course of the next couple of weeks that is insane to me <laughs> to think a top five pick and you're still eligible. So if you're in that locker room, coaching staff player, you're thinking playoffs. You better believe it. You're thinking playoffs. You're like, oh, Justin Fields is getting rolling. We're, we're going to find a way uh, to make a postseason run here. And yet you could also be drafting or have two top five picks as well. I, I, I agree with you, though. The difference between the two conferences is what stands out the most. Like the AFC North, every team has a winning record. 
in the NFC South, every team has a losing record, six and seven, a three-way tie at six and seven. So the, the parity element is interesting. And I, I do wonder, I wonder if it is as simple as with all these quarterback injuries, if there's like four teams that are just going to rise above the rest. And those are the four teams that are going to be playing in the conference championship games. And as of right now, as of right now, I would say, what, what would it be? Dallas and San Francisco in the NFC, just with the way Jalen Hurts looked in, in Philly. And, and then in the AFC, who, I mean, I would imagine it would be Baltimore and then dot, dot, dot. <laughs> we thought Miami until Monday Night Football. Uh, then that one kind of unraveled a little bit there. And like, same thing like in, in Jacksonville and Kansas City. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, these teams were were good, we thought. And now, like, we're not so sure. It's, it is, it is wild that I, I think from the NFL perspective, at the very least, it certainly disincentivizes tanking right like uh, all of the a lot of these teams that could really be going for the top pick in the draft like sure like new england and, and arizona are and carolina are all kind of wallowing in it but all the other teams mostly feel like they're still in it there's just not a lot of teams all competing for that top spot and everyone can still feel like hey like the chicago bears fans feel like there are meaningful games in december right now for the first time in years despite being at five and eight and they were two and seven a handful of weeks ago like somehow some way it does keep it more interesting for more of us. And even though it's sucks to kind of not feel like there's powerhouse teams and not really know who's good or not. Like it does make, it does mean like you still feel like any given Sunday is especially any given Sunday right now. I agree. And as we were discussing that, you mentioned that the tanking element, I just random thought, and I've thought about this for a while and I probably mentioned it on a pod at some point, the trade deadline is way too early. It's, you know, week seven, week eight, it's on, it was on Halloween this year. Think about how long ago that feels. <laughs> that was forever ago. Like their teams are so much different now. What they need, what they don't need. I think it should be pushed back at least three weeks to where it's it's almost up against Thanksgiving, and, and in that way you have a better idea of where you're going. Not that teams would deliberately trade their best players to tank because most of these guys are under contract and they take the long view of things, but. Wouldn't it be nice if if that was a, a storyline longer into the season? So just something random that I, I think the NFL should change. It's way too early. What if, what if we like conditioned the trade deadline so that like you could only trade if you had a certain winning percentage, right? So like like the trade deadline mm -hmm. is 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 in October if you were you know if you were if you're below four four hundred winning percentage, but then like teams above four hundred, like you can win your way into the ability to trade later in the season, but prevent bad teams from trading later in the season so they can't just shed salary shed assets but if you if you win enough then you can trade up until maybe the end of the season or maybe have no trade deadline if you're above a certain winning percentage i think that'd be fun how many trades would the eagles have made over the past two weeks during these <laughs> losses they would have made seven trades they would have gotten a whole new secondary they would have somehow landed a i mean and they've they already landed they added a linebacker obviously in Shaq leonard but they would add defensive help they would have done a bunch of different things. So I, yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's interesting that, that we're in this spot and it could just be an outlier year where the quarterbacks got hurt and the cream didn't rise to the crop as much. The chiefs are down a little bit because they have no receivers. They may call you and ask you to play wide receiver next week. You never know. At least you'll line up in the, the right spot, but I'm, I'm six foot it, five. I can run. I, I got it. Are you six, five? Oh I'm my six, God. Five. Pat Mahomes could definitely use jump ball city. My my five three forty yard dash and my ten inch vertical don't help me so much, but you know I know. But the six five, the six five man 
I <laughs> could you have caught that pass from Travis Kelsey? I mean, I, I don't know if I would have made it in the end zone, but I could have caught that pass. I would have, I would have lined up on sides during that play. That's I would have checked in with the, with the referee and I would have been on side. So that's all that matters. That's right. And I think it's, it's such a unique year in that way. And, and as we say, all of those things, like if I'm the chiefs, if I'm a chiefs fan today, I look around and I say, we still got Pat Mahomes. I know Kelsey's older. Still got Pat Mahomes. Defense is pretty solid. We'll take our chances. If we have to go on the road, we'll take our chances against some of these seven and six teams as, as they're currently constructed. And I think they would have a shot. I, I think that's that might be what it comes down to is, is quarterbacks and who's healthiest. And right now, the, the teams that have the healthiest quarterbacks and weapons, which the Chiefs do not, uh, have have the top weapons. They're the teams that are thriving, and everybody else is just kind of looking around and and trying to to make it or keep it rolling. It's just prime panic season for you know if you're like this is right where this is where you want to get hot to go in the playoffs. Yes. Right? You want to ride from this on point. Like we want to keep rolling up uphill like all the way through into the into the postseason. And the teams that are struggling right now are like, oh man, we're gonna stumble into the playoffs and then get rolled in the first round because the team is in disaster. And that's why it's like. This is go time, panic time, but it does feel to me like, yeah, if I have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, or if I have Jalen Hurts, you know, if I have some of these proven commodities, even two on the Dolphins, like, relax, things are going to be fine. You got four more games to kind of figure your stuff out, and then, then the postseason, anything can happen. Yeah, and if you're the Dolphins, obviously get that ankle right for Tyreek Hill, because that is uh, MVP. I feel like his MVP case just went up after Monday night, but... Let's see where the Dolphins land, where all of these seven and six AFC teams land, and where the team Lauren covers, the Chicago Bears land, in our week 15 locked on NFL power rankings. We will do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you go against the prize picks projections. What you do is you pick more than or less than on two to six player projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can win up to 25 times your money with prize picks. So maybe you think Justin Fields is going to have more than the number of passing yards that he's projected with prize picks, or that Justin Jefferson is going to have more than the number of receiving yards that he's projected to have. All you do is you put those two entries in. It just takes a couple of seconds in the Prize Picks app, and boom, you can watch the winnings roll in. I know season-long fantasy leagues are in the books for a lot of you, or maybe you're preparing for the playoffs, but you want a little more excitement. Prize Picks is the way to do that. It's daily fantasy the way it should be. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a bonus up to $100. All right, Lauren, let's dive into our week 15 power rankings here on locked on NFL. And it's no surprise, but the top team, and we can start at the top, the San Francisco 49ers, the way they're playing I'm not shocked one bit that they're at the top and they edge out the Baltimore Ravens here for the top spot. Does that surprise you? No, I mean, this is kind of what we've kind of suspected all along. Like, sure, they had a, they can't even call it a rough patch, but they they dropped off a little bit when, you know, Trent Williams was hurt and they, they were still trying to find their way a little bit there. But like, 
they've returned to dominance. This is kind of what we've expected from them and par for the course. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they've, you know, people, there's either Brock Purdy haters or supporters. I'm probably somewhere in the middle where I think he's really good, but he's also in the perfect situation. Both matter. And there are a lot of quarterbacks that couldn't do what Brock Purdy has done in that situation. Otherwise, they would be in San Francisco already. And Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have been searching for, for a quarterback for as long as he had, even when he had Jimmy Garoppolo and then drafting Trey Lance. So I do think he deserves credit there. That said, let's get to the rest of the top 10. The Ravens are number two, followed by the Cowboys. The Eagles fall to number four. The Chiefs stand pat in the top five at number five, followed by the Dolphins, Bills, Lions, Bengals, and Jaguars. Funny that you know a lot of those teams are in that sort of panic mode parody that we just talked about there, right? Eagles yeah. lost, Chiefs lost, Dolphins lost, Lions lost, and it's like, whoa. You know, all those teams, like I was at Bears Lions this weekend and the Lions fans outside were calling for them to fire their defensive coordinator. Like those teams are, are like, we need to make change. We got to figure something out. Everything is falling apart. And yet, like, I think the power rankings kind of reflect like, hey, no need to panic. We've seen these teams be good teams and we know that they're talented teams. We know that they're capable of on any Sunday potentially beating just about anybody. I mean, I think any of those teams in one on one matchups, do you feel like, yeah, they could they could stand out and they could go toe to toe with anybody. It's just a matter of really trusting it. And I think these kind of feel like the, the surefire blue bloods of like, yeah, these guys are all going to make the playoffs and all can make some noise in the playoffs. And everybody else is just going to be competing for trying to get a little piece of them and trying to be, you know, these guys are all going to be favored against every other team lower on the power rankings because everyone else is just going for the, the big upset. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, man, it, it's, we kind of know what a lot of these teams are. And so I'm glad that these power rankings so far haven't overreacted to a week or two. And uh, the the Browns are 11th. Not shocked at all that they're as high as they are, especially after their win over Jacksonville. The Seahawks losing to the 49ers. They're 12th, followed by the Rams, who the Rams, man, I was impressed by them, even though they lost to the Ravens. They're followed by the Jets, who are higher than I would expect. The Chargers, Saints, Vikings, Steelers, and Falcons rounding out the top. Oh, well, Falcons and Texans rounding out the top 20. Yeah, I, I think... We started voting on this before we knew for sure that Justin Herbert was out for the season. We knew he'd be hurt, yeah. maybe not for surely out, out for the season. And so I, I imagine the Chargers will continue to fall down and down, depending on what Easton Stick does. Although, you know, I'm curious to see what he can do. He holds the FCS record for most wins in college football. He's certainly been successful throughout his career. But And I kind of agree, like, Jets, yeah, nice win over Houston and, and played well with Zach Wilson kind of bouncing back a little bit there. And maybe there's some hope that, you know, TMZ says Aaron Rodgers will be cleared by Christmas. So, you know, is that that team good enough that when Aaron Rodgers comes back, that that makes them a top, you know, 15, I don't have the exact number. I've got the ranking in front of me, but not the numbers next to them, how high they are in here. But like they're in that second third of the NFL and you add Aaron Rodgers to that. Maybe there's some sneaky, some sneaky damage there, but we're starting to get in that range of like quarterback injured teams and quarterback struggling teams where it's like, okay, well, if their quarterback is healthy and trying to rate that versus their supporting cast and when their quarterback might be back. And that makes it hard to power rank. Yeah, it does. I, I think looking at the, this final list here, and I mentioned the Texans, they, they, they're coming off that loss to the jets and that's ugly. They were dealing without their weapons. It was the first game without tank Dell. And then Nico Collins gets nicked up and CJ Stroud. I, I think that was a tough spot for them. But the Broncos, I think the Broncos are way too, though. They're here at, at 20. Actually, I, I misspoke earlier. They're at 20. Tampa Bay, 21. Colts, 22. Followed by the Titans, Packers, Bears, 
Commanders, Giants, Patriots, Raiders, Cardinals coming off of a bye, and the Panthers, which obviously we knew about the Panthers. I'm surprised about the Broncos. I I would have them ahead of the Jets. I, I don't yeah. know why the Jets would I don't know why the Jets would be ahead of the Broncos at all. Yeah, I feel similarly. Like I know the Jets had the early win against the Eagles this year, and and like they're capable of surprising you, I guess, but it feels like the Broncos turnaround has been so much more you know steady building progress every week to where you know you feel like you can trust them a bit more like the jets might be more volatile in that regard where it's like okay maybe they'll pull some up whereas the broncos it's like you're a little you're a little bit more sure about what you're gonna see every week and we're not talking about either of these teams as a top five team we're talking you know middle of the rankings here or towards the bottom of the rankings here and yeah I, I agree with you that i think denver is is earning their way up a bit higher on this list ahead of a few of those different teams that you mentioned there. Yeah, I think just looking at this, going back to our parody conversation, like the Colts, they're in the 20s. And I know they just got blown out by the Bengals. I covered the game. But they're both 7-6. and six. They'd come off of a four-game winning streak. Why would they be in the 20s, but the Bengals be in the top 10? That doesn't make any sense to me. Not that the Bengals should be much lower. I get why they would be there winning back-to-back -back games. But I think the Colts should be higher. I would have the Colts ahead of the Jets, too. I, I mean... And I'm not trying to pick on the Jets here. I just I'm surprised that the Colts are as low as they are. Those are the two teams that really stand out. The Packers should probably be a bit higher too. But th this is the the parity factor where having a seven and six team in the twenties that that does not add up with my my brain on how I view them. Meanwhile, you have multiple six and seven teams much farther ahead, like the Saints. The Saints aren't much better than the the Broncos or uh, th than the the Colts, Packers, I think they're kind of in that group anyways. So why would they be eight spots ahead of them? I, I think that part is interesting. And and you still have the Seattle Seahawks just outside of the top 12 there. And they yeah. lost four in a row, I think. I would have them lower. Yeah, yeah, I would have them lower. But it's tough because it's like, it's it's how you view the team holistically, right? Like not how sure. they're, this isn't how well are they playing tomorrow. It's, you know, more generally, like big picture, how good are all these teams? And just because the Seahawks have lost four in a row, they've, I mean, they just played the 49ers. They played some tough teams in that four-game losing streak, and they haven't all been Alist. bad losses. So, you know, they, they, like these teams that are losing, like, look can look good in a loss and say we trust them a little bit more. And same with, you know, a team that wins. You know, like we're not seeing the, the Titans get a huge bump up in their power rankings there despite beating the Dolphins in an impressive comeback fashion. And, you know, you're not seeing uh, – you know, you're not seeing some of these other winning teams, like even like you mentioned, the Broncos, like not making a huge jump with their win. So, you know, it's 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 hard to kind of weigh holistically versus what we've just seen lately and how much we trust these teams in the big picture. He is Lauren Cox. I'm James Rapine. Maybe you'll hear uh, Lauren next week. You never know if we'll reach out to him again on a Wednesday edition of Locked on NFL. Make sure you follow him at Cox Sports One on X. I'm at James Rapine and uh Man, this was a lot of fun, Lauren. I appreciate you filling in. We'll see if, uh, man, this this final four weeks of the NFL, I think it's going to deliver. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where the team you cover, the Bears, are they a top five pick? Or are they in the playoffs? I don't know. I still don't know, which is a lot of fun. You know, it's it was just a few days ago that I, I'm, after the Bears won, it was like, Jim Mora, playoffs? You kidding me? I'm just trying to win a game. And all of a sudden it's playoffs? Yeah, that's within the conversation. Yeah, which is unbelievable, but it is true. Make sure you keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow wherever you get your podcast. For Lauren Cox, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for watching and listening to a Wednesday edition of Locked on NFL.